like scary movies. Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Hi, Georgie. Swallow this. Cat dead. Details later. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. So this is episode 41. We were supposed to be... No, it's not. It's episode 40. Is it? Yeah. 39 was not... I thought episode 39 was our last one. So this is 40. This is 40. All right. <laughs> Forgive me. Hello. So, Saford just told me this is our 40th episode, even though for some reason I thought it was our last episode. Um, no, that was, that was terrifying. Yeah. It's it's kind of a big deal. We've been doing this for a while now. It's been about a year, hasn't it, Zayford? Over a year in December. Yeah, we've uh, we've pretty much been covering something every week. Sometimes mm. flaking on each other, and it being and taking a month yeah, off. Three episodes in one week, like this, what's happened here? Um, experiencing some sort of existential crisis currently, but glad to be joining you this evening. Um, Tonight we're going to be talking about Halloween ends and the Halloween franchise in general and we're not alone. Uh, Zayford and I are joined by Pete Benavides, um, who is the podcaster for Halloween Never Dies. He's a co-host. His uh, other co-host couldn't make it with us tonight but it's cool. He knows what he's talking about. He's quite happy to talk about it and uh, yeah. Uh, little disclosure, I haven't actually seen Halloween ends. But I have seen the majority of the Halloween franchise, so I think I can join in in discussion definitely. But Zayford has seen the movie. What was it? Say? Was it the day before yesterday you saw it? I think I watched it on Sunday. Yeah. So well, it's... Sunday as of recording this, at least. Yeah. So he's he's uh he's seen it a few days ago, and uh, Pete, he's from what did you watch it twice on Peacock? Did you say? Um, I watched it opening night in theaters, and then I watched it um, a couple more times on Peacock. Yeah, luckily uh, uh, they they released it to stream, and uh, I've been able to watch it a couple more times to get a little bit better grasp of um, the movie. I really think that you guys are super lucky in the US because like your streaming is so much better for movies generally than ours. Um, you seem to like be able to get like. Like even things that are just released in theaters, like you can get them on streaming real quick. Um, that's not what's happened for us. Like we we talk about this every week, but we're absolutely desperate to see the sequel um, to X Pearl. I don't know if you've seen that one. I have not. Oh no no no, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. No, yeah. Well, that's pretty much out on streaming, like and everything. Like it's it's really like widely available everywhere, um, but the UK. Um, yeah, I think I think with streaming, the what's changed everything was the pandemic, right? Like yeah. when movie theaters shut down, they really studios had to really decide what they wanted to do in terms of you know making money, money and and getting people to watch their movies. And you know, even though people are back in theaters now, or or you know, you have that option again, um, it doesn't seem like the strategy has changed just yet. Although I think HBO Max stopped releasing um i think elvis was the last one they released that was both simultaneously um in theaters and streaming um 
but uh you know studios are slowly pulling back on that but still there are others that still are sticking to that strategy which is why you know they do have halloween ends and other horror movies like on such uh on peacock streaming or or uh other streaming services still do the same thing but um i i think that those things are still kind of in limbo which is why you still see movies being released on streaming as well yeah i mean for the uk it's been completely different unfortunately we've just had things push back and push back and push back we've had like certain things come out on streaming um like a lot of it like prime premieres and they're always like they're not like included with prime so like you have to pay an additional fee like i can remember i was desperately wanting to see spiral and it literally cost like 20 dollars just to watch it mm -hmm. um it's out it's it, yeah it's outrageous especially when you're you're paying things um disney has a few premieres as well but again like not many well disney got prayer prayer was pretty good yeah um obviously yeah, focus, focus two as well that's just come out mm. which mm, yeah zayford's a bit he's like it's all right <laughs> but yeah so in terms of well actually before we get into it what do you think of rob zombie's interpretation <laughs> well, the funny thing is, so so with our podcast, you know, we're going movie by movie to, uh, you know, we we talk about them, we we go into the themes of them, we we talk about how they were influenced, how they influenced the movies, uh, you know, like in our first episode, it's heavily about Halloween seventy eight, and and you know, we talk about how movies like Black Christmas influenced John Carpenter to create um what was originally known as the Babysitter Murders that turned into Halloween. Um, and so, uh, you know, uh, we, we talk about things like that. We talk about like, uh, I think one of the big themes in our first episode was Giallo and, and Italian horror films and how, you know, even though movies like, you know, Psycho were made, you know, in, in America and, and had a big influence, people don't realize that Italian horror had a massive influence on movies that came out in the seventies, like, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, Last House on the Left, um, and even Black Christmas itself, um, and and so we talk about things like that. Uh, and I'm, I'm I apologize. I'm forgetting what was your original question. I went on a bit of a tangent there. Zombies, uh, but you know. Um, oh yeah. So what what I was gonna get to was you know we're still getting there. I haven't watched it yet. I uh, honestly I did see a little bit of the first movie and I turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> um i you know and, and granted this was a long time ago so i you know with our the, the format of our podcast i do plan to re-watch it because we are going to discuss it um at some point but you know when i first watched it years ago and, and granted like i said i watched like maybe the first 30 minutes and turned it off i, I wasn't a fan of of how he was taking michael and kind of giving them this, this very um it was a it was a, a plot that we've seen done before you know uh this a family that was going like you know he's got a stepdad who's a terrible person and so the the story at least it seemed to me to, at that point seemed to be like michael is who he is because of his environment and to me what made carpenter's original interpretation so great and so effective was the fact that you didn't know why he became who he was, why he looked at Laurie Strode and just immediately picked her to go after her and torment her, you know, like it was always left to the, to the imagination, you know, and I think that's reflective of life because, you know, when you see tears happen, sometimes there is no explanation. There is no, you know, why, you know, uh, you know, um, 
it's it's like Michael Caine puts it in the Dark Knight. Some men just want to watch the world burn, and and that's very much how I see Michael Myers. He doesn't care what he's doing. He's just he's he's just doing it. He just does. And and I you know for that reason I think that's probably why I turned off uh, Rob Zombie's first Halloween um because i wasn't you know i they spent like a good 30 45 minutes in his childhood and i was like eh, I'm, I'm i'm tuned out but i i will be watching it fully straight through because i i have heard from a lot of people that i i i, I know and respect that do really enjoy the movie so i'm willing to give it a chance i know i have to watch it again for the sake of our podcast mm. but um uh, that that's kind of just my initial thoughts but um i would be better served answering that when i'm fully watched the movie <laughs> That's a good informed answer. Um, it just like rewinding it back for a minute. It's it's really interesting to me that you were talking about Jalo, uh, because we were actually talking about that in uh, our last episode. Um, mm -hmm. obviously Zayford knows the subgenre of that, but I was uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie The Washing Machine. I've heard of it. I've never seen it though. Okay. Um, I you know I'd be really fascinated if you could explain like what was it exactly that like italian cinema how did that how did you find out about that because like i never i never made that correlation between those movies and and this well it's 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 more so like the stylistic choices mm. that they make um there's uh for example one that's very popular that was really popularly used in the 70s and the 80s and and a lot of horror movies was uh, a shot that would start far away and like zoom in really fast on the character mm -hmm. that they were they were focusing on and and giallo does that a lot a mm -hmm. lot i think it's bay of blood which is a particularly favorite of mine mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of that in bay of blood and, and and you know you see that in movies like black christmas friday the 13th even did it um as well um, and I, I think it's just like it, it kind of it helps build the tension that something's coming. And I really enjoy that because it like it adds on to the horror that you're already watching. Like you already know you're watching a horror movie and that just kind of adds little bits of layers to like what you're watching. And it intensifies the scares as the movie progresses. Mm. Yeah. And it's it's interesting the point you made about like switching off because there's so much world building. Um mm -hmm. I, I do agree with what you're saying, to be honest with you. I think, like, the fact that it was inconspicuous as to, like, why Michael was the way that he was, I think that did add some sort of... It's, I, I You know, I think it, it was one of the reasons why it was so compelling. Mm -hmm. So I, I definitely agree with that. Um, but, you know, Rob Zombie does what Rob Zombie does, and he's got to have <laughs> yeah. this... Uh, he he's very into depraved families. <laughs> yeah, I love his music though. I'll say that. <laughs> um, but you know, um, I haven't seen the the monsters, uh, but uh, I've been told that it was it's the abs it's absolute dog shit. Yeah, I've, I I haven't seen it either, but I've heard nothing but not Nasty good reviews. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> there's not very many um good words about that film so far. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's in, and is it Zayford was desperately looking for it? Well, he was looking for it on Netflix, and has it arrived yet, Zayford? I don't think so. It was supposed to hit Netflix like everywhere when it came out on the 27th of September, but for some reason, it's only in America at the moment. Hmm. Yeah, we're not quite sure. More distributing problems, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's interesting, isn't it, when we are faced with why does someone do something so terrible? And I think there are those people, like, 
in reality that they they were absolutely desperate to study serial killers brains serial killers like physical pathology um mainly out of like wanting to make sure it never happens again but to somehow also have some sort of explanation as to like what is the fundamental physical aspects of uh of evil and a lot of people play with the idea of nature versus nurture and how much of it is about environment and how much of it is in genetics and i think with rob zombie's adaptation it's very much about nurture right like he was brought up in a really dysfunctional situation and that's why he chose to be who he is whereas in the original halloween it's like nature maybe he was just inherently evil but we don't Mm -hmm. know you know um from what we can see um there isn't like too much dysfunction um it's 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 left like very vague and i i do i do like that and i do understand why you would turn it off it just kind of reminds me of like obviously i did actually recently watch um the little series dharma Mm. and uh the the whole thing i mean i i thought i knew a lot about dharma um like i i used to be very much like obsessed with him as a teenager and in, in my early 20s and i'm quite ashamed of that now um i don't think that the i don't think that it glorifies him at all in fact it paints him in a very negative light and i think evan peters did a fantastic job of really adding um i've never seen such an unlikable character on screen um but, but there was there's this bit at the end where um his mother is actually petitioning for his brain to be studied and it's kind of like um it's it's kind of unbelievable because obviously jeffrey's wishes were to have his brain destroyed um the mother couldn't accept that actually he was he was evil by circumstance and not through what was going on with his brain and his brain ended up being destroyed and yeah it's just really interesting isn't it how like you know maybe rob zombies like looked at the story and was like it needs an origin it needs a reason and like that's what it's missing and that's what he fixated on you know um but actually maybe what's what made it so successful is like it not having an origin Mm -hmm. yeah it it really is you know and then the uh the sequels after that kind of follow different storylines we all know that there's different timelines and you know and and that's where they did try to give reasoning behind michael um Mm -hmm. John Carpenter has famously said how, you know, they wanted him to do Halloween 2. He had no desire to direct it, which he didn't, but he did write the sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, he famously said uh, he took a six pack of Bud Light into a room, wrote the script for Halloween 2, and that's what came out. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess blame the alcohol on yeah. um, Laurie and Michael becoming brother and sister um, mm. after that. So I think the uh, it, it's 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 funny. It's a funny little uh, nugget to know about um, how the franchise progressed after that, and really how they leaned on the whole Laurie Michael relationship. Um, mm. Because I mean, not necessarily because of I wouldn't say you know they they leaned on it because of of the effectiveness of one, but story wise, it was really leaned on because of their relationship as brother and sister after Halloween two. Mm. I was going to say, for the most part, the brother and sister link is in almost every timeline, apart mm. from this newest one, which is interesting to say that the they went back a step and was like, nah, we're not doing the brother and sister again. Because mm-hmm. so I don't have an guys, issue with that. Like, what did you think of this movie then? Because I've heard so much negative shit about this movie. Like, I cannot even, 
I can't believe how much how you know I just keep seeing meme after meme of like how awful this movie is and I, I can't quite I I know that it kind of brings out the worst in people the Halloween franchise there's there's a lot, there's a lot of what we would say in the UK toffery um snobby snobby horror fans who just think oh it's not good enough no um my opinion is like if somebody is is you know I think you should just try and appreciate it um I don't I don't understand why people give so much hate to especially when they put so much effort into something but yeah go on let me let me hear it <laughs> Uh, you know, it's 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 unfortunate that it's kind of torn the fan base apart, um, mm. you know, as it's come out and almost become, uh, <laughs> I think the fan base that tears each other apart more than anyone is probably Star Wars. And mm-hmm. it was really much getting on that level. Mm. Uh, I, I My thoughts on overall, it, the first night after I watched it, you know, I was kind of torn and it had more to do with probably my expectations, what I had hoped to see in the movie um you know it, it was for me they started in 78 um and i think that's fine i think what people are are in an uproar about are the the character that we were introduced to his name is Corey, mm-hmm. um who becomes kind of like michael in a way um it's really interesting the choice they decided to use and i i think even i have a bit of a hard time with it but i i understand that they were trying to go for something different you know um not completely deviate from from what they were telling the story but uh it was just in a new way of of ending this laurie and michael uh interpretation and you know i you know after a couple times more watching it i think i appreciated it a little bit more um you know because we don't want to see laurie and michael fight for two hours straight like there's we don't you know we've seen that a few times we've seen that in other movies like h2o you know we've we've seen it happen we you know we don't I don't think it's one of those things we need to rehash over and over again. We just need to see them end it. And that's really what they did in a very symbolic way. You know, when you think about uh, 2018, when you think about kills, these movies are built on themes. You know, in 2018, it was the whole Me Too um, movement, you know, in and tw- in, in Halloween Kills, David Gordon Green was very vocal that it was, it was you know, uh, reliant on the mob mentality, mm-hmm. you know, and you saw that Halloween Kills where people banded together and were like, screw you, law enforcement, we're going to do what we want to do. And then they ended up getting killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, and, and, and in this one, it's really about trauma and how you deal with trauma, how you move on from trauma. You see that Haddonfield in this one, has been incredibly traumatized by Michael Myers and for good reason. Um, but it also painted a picture of, of a town that even though Michael Myers had disappeared in the movie briefly, um, they were looking for other people to paint as the new monster. And that's where this Corey character came in and, and he became that and, and uh, essentially leaned into it as the new quote unquote, Michael Myers, which we can talk about later on in terms of how that all kind of went down. Um, but, uh, you know, I overall, I don't think it's as bad as people are making it out to be. Um, I've seen some people's lists are putting the below Resurrection, which I think is a little ridiculous because Resurrection outside of the first 10 minutes of the movie has nothing to do with anything with the franchise. Um, you know, they essentially kill Lori off in that movie and then cut tie, cut all ties off to H2O and it becomes its own thing. I mean, they jump the shark with Buster Rhymes character. It's just, it's a mess. And I, I think it's, a little much putting Halloween ends before resurrection, but that's just my opinion. But overall, I think I think Halloween ends is fine. I do question some of the choices they made, but I would not say it's like the worst movie ever. Hmm. I 
I just uh I don't really get it to be honest with you I I I mean I agree with like a lot of what you're saying like I don't understand um how like it it is literally like people are literally tearing each other apart over it and I I think like they're you know why ultimately like I I get it you know like all of the themes that you're talking about um especially the whole idea of trauma I I don't understand why that communicated so poorly to other people like I don't understand that I don't I, I and it's true like I, I don't understand like why would you want to see them fight for you know why not bring something new to the table why not have a little bit of an original idea and 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 encapsulate it in and ending the arc I you know I, I I don't get it I don't get the hate towards it to be honest with you I, I honestly I had this conversation with a friend and I think honestly my take was I think people were so built up with a certain expectation of how this was going to end you know it was marketed as Laurie and Michael's final fight I think people, hardcore fans, especially myself, expected a certain thing to happen, whether it be them fighting or however way the, the story to play out. And one of my big gripes was the lack of Michael. I wish there was a little bit more Michael Myers in the movie. Um, but I, I think when people go in with, with a real high set of expectations and it doesn't come out the way you want it to, it it, it, it tends to cloud your judgment. instead mm -hmm. of and, and so instead of saying... Oh, it just, it didn't meet my expectations. It didn't do this. It, it you know, people come out saying, oh, that was shit. This was, I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Can I, can I, can I cuss? Yeah, hey, cuss. Okay. Okay. Um, people say this is trash. This is garbage. And so instead of, instead of looking at it and going, oh, it just wasn't what I expected it to be, but it doesn't mean it's a bad movie. People just can end up trashing it. And really that's what I'm seeing. I'm, I'm not seeing people. Um, you know, hate on the movie. I'm seeing just, I think they're just pissed off that it wasn't what they thought it was going to be. And I think, like I said, it clouds your judgment when that happens and you end up saying it's it's awful, it's terrible, it's, you know, it's trash. And, and that's what I'm seeing, you know, because like I said, I think from a film standpoint, it's sound. Like they have a story they're trying to tell. They tell it. It's just not the story I think people wanted to see. Like I said, I think expectations have that, you know, way of, of setting us up for failure. We want it to be one thing. And then when it's not, we just immediately dismiss it and hate it. And, and unfortunately there are those out there that will latch onto that before they've even seen the movie. And then it becomes a big dog pile. And that's unfortunate because that has a very negative effect on the movie and, and its legs in the movie theater going forward, how much money it's going to make, things like that. And then, you know, over time, it's just one of the things that it dies down. But unfortunately, right now, we're kind of in the midst of people just really going at it. And these, I'm not going to lie, though, the memes are funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, I, 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 I am finding myself cracking up a lot. Um, well, I mean, that isn't, I, I know what you're saying, but like, I've literally seen people like saying, this movie is straight up the worst thing I've ever seen, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, really? Come on. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Or are you just being like, you, 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 like you said, you wanted it one way and it came out a bit different. And mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think we should do that anymore. I don't think we should pander to audiences. I think it's good to, to bring something new, something a bit mm -hmm. different. I think it's important. Um, but there are there are always going to be people who like they have certain expectations for certain movies. They will be really rigid in their thinking. 
um that you know it happens unfortunately but these there tends to be a theme that these people who have these rigid expectations of certain movies when they see something uh particularly like hereditary or anything a bit too abstract they reject that too you know i think ultimately like if you want to be a horror fan be a horror fan but you need to be open to 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 differences and i think like just you know chill <laughs> i don't don't get I, I it's good to be passionate about things but the amount of hate that is you know i i the the worst movie i've seen this year hands down is crimes of the future i, I don't know if you've seen that i've heard of it but i've, I've heard yeah i've heard it's not very good <laughs> yeah so david Cronenberg, late, latest david Cronenberg movie um i went in there with extremely high expectations so i'm guilty of this too um obviously i absolutely love the movie crash i love videodrome um mm -hmm. He's he's a fantastic director, screenplay writer, um, you know, and I literally left the cinema thinking, what, did I just watch a parody? What the fuck was that? <laughs> you know, and I, I, I'm on Letterboxd and I, I go on there and there are just so many five star reviews. There's so many four star reviews and I'm just sat there thinking, what? Am I the only one who like really didn't enjoy that? And, there, you know, there were a handful of negative reviews, but I felt quite annoyed. I was, I kind of felt like the whole thing was like insulting to his previous works. And I, and I had to sort of have a, have a word with myself for a bit and just be like, stop it. It's just a film, you know, don't get so upset about it. Um, but uh, yeah, me and Zayford, we we did talk about it a couple of episodes back and I just, I literally trashed it. I did warn you about going to go watch it because I said it was not great. I just, I saw so many people hype <laughs> it up. I thought, you know what? Um, there's a couple it was boring. Of I don't. It's the first movie that I've watched this year where I was looking at the time, and that's never a good thing. Um, when you're like waiting for the movie to get to end, like that, that's kind of like a sure thing sign that things are not going well. But yeah, I don't know, Zayford. What did you think of this film? I know you said it was different. It's it's interesting because they obviously. <laughs> it's it's basically the season of the witch for this generation, mm -hmm. like this new timeline. It's basically the new season of the witch because there's so many people shitting on it already. But yeah, give it ten years, maybe even less, everyone will come round on it. I think. Right. Admittedly, they could have done stuff differently. They should have introduced Corey in a separate film, and maybe have this whole thing. That, well, have this movie be Corey, mm -hmm. and that would have made so much more sense. And have either Michael turn up at the end for whatever reason, or kill him off at the beginning. Because mm -hmm. there's this trap, like the the whole point of that it was trying to give off in the film is that the evil transfers. It's kind of similar to like the Fawn uh, timeline in a sense, just less cults, mm -hmm. but. If they'd done that with Kari, give him, make him the evil one, essentially, or the shape, which is what they talk about briefly, it would have made so much more sense. I think less people would be giving it such a hard time. Yeah, it's funny when you talk about the transfer of evil part. It's funny when when, when that happened, when that scene happened, um, I immediately thought of, of Jason Goes to Hell. If you guys remember. Yeah. So people eating Jason's heart, like that gave them Jason's power, mm. you know? And so I, I kind of saw it along the same lines or even new blood where you had the, the telekinetic girl, um, mm. 
you know and so it, so it, it made me think of those i was just like oh that's interesting like i i guess but then you know i i i didn't understand i think i was what still has me kind of leery on that whole arc was even at the end like michael still kills Corey, um mm. and it's like well was it just like he just recognized the evil in Corey, and so they kind of had that moment of of kind of a trans like a semi-transferent thing you know mind melding thing um you know i i don't know i think that's why like i'm still kind of in the middle like i slightly lean towards liking it but just things like that like i i'm like i just i don't know i don't know because they're introducing like supernatural elements but uh david gordon green himself has said like it's it's not though it's not supernatural but i'm like well you're you're kind of introducing it in that way kind of a christine ish uh, uh look at it you know where where you you have somebody who's not completely in control you know uh, uh of the person that they have this moment with but you know also you know the the michael ends up still being within you know himself where he kills Corey, and then they, he has that final showdown with Lori. but yeah i i you know it's it was definitely a different attempt uh to to change up the franchise but again like i for me it's just like i'm still kind of in the middle you know slightly liking it because i do after watching it a couple more times i do understand a little bit more of the other character arcs you know his relationship with allison um and how that affected her her relationship with Lori. and so you know like i said like just going back to the whole trauma thing i really think that's what they were trying to capture was trauma and and how it affects people in different ways and how we have to move through that and you know they just it was a very character driven thematic horror movie which you don't typically see um and even when those movies come out they're met with very much backlash and that's and that's really what we're seeing with with halloween ends Mm. so pete (laughs) what is your favorite timeline what's your favorite cluster of movies gosh my favorite timeline you know that's tough um yeah because they all have a shit one (laughs) yeah they're they're not perfect and you know with horror movies i think we've learned you don't have to be perfect you you really don't you know um that's so hard gosh you know i i actually enjoy um i actually enjoy the the thorn timeline um i don't mind the cult thing i wish they would have i almost feel like like when they leaned into that they they should have made it maybe the connected to to season of the witch with the shamrock thing Mm -hmm. like like that would have fit uh we actually talked about this on on our podcast where like man if they would have leaned into some sort of connection to the cult that we see in halloween 3 with the whole shamrock corporation like that actually might have been kind of cool because everything would have come full circle especially with michael's mask maybe being uh connected to it somehow but um you know i i i i like it for very for various reasons though like you know in halloween 4 they were they were toying with the notion of of making jamie the new michael you know and you see that the in halloween 4 when she kills her stepmom yeah the um, transference of evil yeah, yeah yeah exactly and you know that that was that was seriously um, something they thought about and then they ditched it because they were worried of a of a Halloween 3 backlash again you know um, people knowing that Halloween is just you know when you see a Halloween movie um, it's Michael Myers what is what you're expecting and they were too scared to run with that and so that's why like if you look at Halloween 4 and Halloween 5 
um, they're very different in terms of where they were going, you know, because they took the end of Halloween four and made Jamie kind of this, they, they drew up as like this crazy girl who couldn't talk anymore. You know, so instead of leaning into her becoming Michael, um, and then it became just another kind of another slasher movie. Um, but I, you know, I kind of enjoy it because, you know, then they, that led into Halloween six, the curse of Michael Myers and, you know, and then <laughs> I don't know if it's because I love like the drama behind the scenes and how they were like really flying by the seat of their pants, like riding the movie on the set as they were shooting. Um, you know, the whole man in black thing was actually a, a, a joke because um, there was a man on black on set when they were filming. And that ironically became the name of the guy in the background in, in <laughs> Halloween five, um, you know, who's walking around kind of, you know, in the cowboy uh, boots. honestly. What's that? In the cowboy boots. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it was just things that were, li they were literally pulling off the set as they were shooting, you know, and, and it's just, it's a mess. But, you know, I find myself rewatching, you know, that timeline. Um, it's just enjoyable. I probably watch Halloween 2 the most out of all the movies, even though it's, it's not, for me, it probably ranks in the top five for me uh, overall. But um, I don't know. I think, maybe because I do enjoy the supernatural elements of it that I probably enjoy the Thorn trilogy. And, you know, they were trying to do something. It wasn't executed, but they tried. Okay. And you have a favorite timeline? Rob Zombie, obviously. The whole, the whole, I just, that's mine. You know, I, I liked it. Um, that's because you're a Rob Zombie super fan. Though. I am. I mean, Kinda. I thought I hate three from hell personally. Um, yeah, but who who doesn't? Yeah, that's the one thing I can't stand. So I can't really call myself a super fan because I'm not a ride or die no matter what, especially not for that film. Um, but yeah, it's just the general aesthetic of the whole film. You know, like I like Rob Zombie's aesthetic in film. I like uh, grimy, gritty, dark, disturbing. That's why <laughs> there's not really much uh, much more to it. To be honest with you, um, the Halloween franchise for me is something that generally didn't really interest me up until more recent years. Um, I hadn't actually seen any of the movies like whatsoever until I went to go see Halloween, like the, was it 2018 that it yeah. came out? Yeah, when I went to go see that, the movies. And then I was like, hmm, maybe I should get into this franchise, you know? Um, and then I went to see Halloween Kills and then I, I started to watch through the other movies as well. So it went on a bit of a binge fest and I'm not quite sure why I avoided them as for as long as I did. I think generally slashes aren't my thing. Um, I'm much more into like psychological horror, uh, disturbing movies. We're actually working through the, the disturbing iceberg at the moment as like our little side thing that we're doing every other week. And it's gradually getting more and more depraved. Um, yeah, we're, we're like, what are we on, Zafid? Is it like we're moving over to tier three soon? Uh, we're finishing off tier two yeah. when we get the films. Yeah, so I've had to like order a razor head because apparently that's in tier two. But yeah, basically, um, that's that's typically, I think like me and Zafid, we're both very much into found footage movies as well. Uh, Zafid's much more of a slasher a fan out of the two of us he's massively like into the the scream franchise to the point where he actually has like a a tattoo homage to scream yeah i have a ghost fest time he does nice. <laughs> and he's uh he's pretty proud of it too so that's my second favorite franchise for sure scream i would say scream's my first evil dead second nice nice fair so 
yeah um what is it for you that like why do you like Halloween so much <laughs> without making that, I didn't mean that in like a in like a, a patronizing way but like honestly I, I'd love to know like from your perspective obviously you studied the films quite in depth and you have like such a keen interest in them like what is it for you that really like that makes them so watchable that makes them so enjoyable um I mean I like slashers in general mm -hmm. um I do enjoy them uh I think I just I discovered these movies at a very young age probably mm -hmm way younger than I should have been. Uh, <laughs> parents were crazy in the 80s, what can I say? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I feel like we were all like that. Yeah. <laughs> I watched Cannibal Holocaust when I was like six. Oh, so. oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that'll definitely leave an impression on you, that's for sure. That's why I like found footage, yep. <laughs> oh, that's cool. There you go. Um, you know, I just, I love, um, I, I think I just love the idea that, um, of these movies, just that, you know, this this guy is is going you know has his sight set on Lori and her friends uh it's i think it's just effectively just well done you know and, and the 78 halloween you know it's just it, it plays on the notion that you could be watched at any time and and i think that's a real world thing you know we're all you know we all could have somebody watching us and it's it's a it's a scary notion and so and i feel like in movies like this you can kind of let you can release that a little bit when you're watching it and just know that you're watching a movie mm. um and and i think you know just just and i think also just the mask you know is just has become such an iconic uh uh image you know in horror and film in general um because there's no emotion you know there's no nothing on that face and to me that's what's terrifying um is is the fact that the, you have this you have this you know boogeyman coming after you with with uh no emotion but is ready to kill whoever they're going to kill in that movie and i think to me that's kind of the scary thing and you know again i think that's can be reflective of society when you look at serial killers when you look at you know uh the history of that you know a lot of them you know they they have a face on you know that we all we all have a face but there's a mo there's it's just it's emotionless it's it's not there's no expression i think that's really captured in michael myers mask you know that's the entire aesthetic of halloween and 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 for me that's always just you know it's always giving me that you know kind of scare a little bit you know for me it releases that little bit of 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 horror you know and and uh you know but also you know you get the final girl you get jamie lee curtis who mm -hmm. you know um you know I, th I think one of the big misconceptions is you know the rules of horror as randy states and scream you know started with with halloween and, and really it's not true it, it they gave the idea for 80s horror movies to take that and spin it but John Carpenter never sat down and said, I'm going to have a final girl. Her name's Laurie Strode. Mm -hmm. When kids, when, when teenagers have sex, they're going to die. You know, when you drink and do drugs, you're going to die. You know, there, there was none of that. You know, he never went in the, with the attention of, of selling that to the audience. That was just something that was born out of that movie and why you have so many movies and uh, so many horror movies in the eighties that took those tropes and ran with it um but uh yeah those, know, I, those tropes are more cemented by um friday 13th yeah yep absolutely anything. yep absolutely i totally agree with you on that um but i just you know i i love that it's been able to to main halloween's been able to maintain its relevance for so long you know it's been over 40 years now that they've been able to keep this going and you know i i, I love that they're trying to you know kind of keep it still 
um, you know, within like, you know, there, it's not Michael Myers going off into space or Michael, not that I, I don't like Friday the I Jason X. I actually love Jason X. Just, uh, That's a good film. Get that out there. But um, it's not like that, you know, and I, and I do appreciate that they try to keep everything within Haddonfield um, and, and kind of, you know, kind of low key in that sense. And I, and I do appreciate that. And, and I do, you know, with however Halloween ends keeps going, I do appreciate that they did try to do something different, that they tried to end this interpretation uh, uh, in way different than they we have ever seen in the other timelines before. Um, and I, I'm sure we're probably going to see Michael Myers again in a few years in some new movie. I, you know, like our podcast says, Halloween never dies and Michael Myers probably never will. So. Mm. It's interesting, actually, because in our last episode, we were talking about Terrifier. Um, we are hoping to do Terrifier 2 at some point. We believe that David Howard Thornton will actually be joining us at one point. I'm awesome. actually meeting him on Saturday. Um, we're going to like this horror convention and I've got like a photo opportunity with Art the Clown in costume. So I'm really nice. excited about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we were talking about slashes in general. And it, it's literally just what you said, that there is that disconnect um, from reality and there is that like people can enjoy the gore because they know it's not real um mm -hmm. you know, and um with uh found footage however like that's why it can be so frightening because the realism is so much more extreme than a slasher and i think slashes are a lot more hmm what's the word i, th I think they're more popular um because like of the accessibility of them you know everybody can relate to that feeling of like being up late at night and thinking that there's someone looking through their window um mm. i know i definitely have had that thought a few times and uh yeah it, it's it's relatability and, and like you said it, it's being able to release that fear and have it like perfectly encapsulated in these movies of like michael is is evil and these benevolent beings we don't really humanize them we don't when we're looking out the window we're not thinking like this guy is doing this because he's this way we just see them as these evil entities and i think his character is just it's such a fantastic although surface level character it it sticks with you you know yeah. they they didn't need to develop him massively he is a benevolent evil being and we recognize it and he stuck with us um i think honestly like terrifier and whatever they choose to do with it is going to be very similar i think the first movie was more of a cult than a classic movie and it was very like split opinions whereas terrifier 2 has just been like almost ubiquitously upset you know I, I, i've not heard anyone say anything bad about it and i follow like seven thousand people and every single time <laughs> i've seen somebody post about it it's always been really positive um that's another movie again that we haven't been able to see yet but it's being released here on monday we've both pre-ordered it so we're pretty excited about that I the, only, the only thing i've seen bad about uh terrifier is the fact it's a bit long that's the only thing i've seen bad yeah, I mean, I, I I think like a lot of people said that for the majority of it, though, that it was very engaging. I don't think that they had any fluff. I think that it was um, a gore fest. I think if you are a gore whore, you would definitely enjoy it. That, that's the general consensus I've had of it. But who knows how far that could go? Who, far, who knows if in 10, 15 years, Art the Clown will still have the relevancy that Michael Myers has? Um, we just don't know. But, you know, the popularity that's just soaring for him is is incredible um 
it's it's crazy though you know because this movie was released in 1978 before social media before mm-hmm. the ability to post memes before the ability to have communications with people all over the world about them you know we, we would never be able to talk would we um about this in 1978 and is terrifier like as pertinent as it is because it's being widespread i don't know but like halloween has cemented itself in the 70s when there was so much stuff going on in film and uh there's got to be something good about it if it's managed to stay this pertinent for this long you know um and as you said in your podcast halloween never dies and i don't think it ever will i think that it will always have fans i think it will always have a fan base and it it deserves respect and uh yeah i i think it's i think it deserves the notoriety that it does um my only regret about it i have to say is that i don't agree with freddy versus jason i wish it had been freddy versus mike personally mm. um I felt like Jason was a bit too easy to kill. <laughs> um, <laughs> Freddie, you know, Freddie is a big, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Friday the 13th. I actually watched it as a child and um, I forgot so much of it. And I, I rewatched it recently. It was like watching a brand new film and I just loved it. As like, again, cool. another movie that's test, stood the test of time. It's sequels, however, not so much. Obviously they are remembered, but well, not- what? Jason goes to Manhattan is like the best one. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Vancouver, should I say? I don't Whoa. know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, N- Nightmare on Elm Street, another slasher classic that that cemented itself, and I think that that is so cool. I there just aren't many figures in horror that stand out. Like I think, like especially in the 70s i can't really think of any others are there any others other than that oh there's leatherface leatherface yeah that's like they're like halloween and texas chainsaw massacre like you mean too maybe mm. black christmas mm-hmm. but it's not as um i meant more figures like figures, yeah well i mean you can count billy kind of uh-huh other than that leatherface not... definitely leatherface definitely left a mark in the 70s mm. Sorry, yeah Took him uh, twelve years to get a sequel, though. Yeah, and you know, I think the thing too is, is movies like Halloween, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Black Christmas. They were few and far between because then you had the more obscure horror movies like The Omen, Rosemary's Baby, hmm. uh, that were kind of uh, you know, um, or even Dario Argento's uh, Suspiria. You know, they hmm. they were they were all kind of mixed up. You know, it wasn't mm. like it is now where there is a lot more of each subgenre, mm. you know, and so it's, um, you know, those movies like really paved the way for a lot more of the genres to to be like, you know, unleashed, which was what would happen in the 80s. Mm. What a cool time to be alive, you know, and young. Yeah. I, I can't yeah. imagine like being around in that area and watching all of that like transfigure itself. Um, some of the crap that comes out these days <laughs> is just it's just terrible you know um we you know it's it's kind of funny because i i do shit on a24 a fair bit but i am finding myself actually admitting that i do like some of their movies um (laughs) but you you know it it that yeah there's there's been quite a few years that i haven't appreciated zayford you know all about it drag me to hell it's your favorite film stop denying it hate it what do you think about Drag Me to Hell, Pete? Do you have an opinion on this? 
you know, I watched it so long ago that I, I couldn't say. Um, I, I remember I, I watched it when it first came out, but mm-hmm. and it was fine. Like, I enjoyed it, but I, you know, it's not something that la- it's obviously not something that stuck with me. So mm-hmm. maybe that says it right there. <laughs> Most wishy-washy bunch of bullshit I've seen in such a long time. <laughs> I was supposed to talk about this movie for like an hour and I just, I hated it. Um, I just, I hate it. I just, I don't like it. I think, I think it's... Uh, it just relies too much on what's even the word like it it <laughs> it's just like these these like I, i'll say tropes i guess because it, it's just like this this whole witchy occultism surface level characters that you can't really relate to typical damsel bit of a twist like it's just so it's just basically if somebody was like it kind of reminds me if somebody was like in secondary school, like in high school, and they had to write a screenplay for something and they wrote it in one night. And it was just like they didn't they didn't have time to develop the characters and they basically were watching another horror movie and was just like, Oh yeah, that sounds good, I'll do that. Like Well, technically it's so A, don't disrespect Sam Raimi like that. And B it's basically like a PG version of Evil Dead, but without I Dead I'm not disrespecting Sam Raimi because you obviously know I'm a huge fan of Evil Dead. I and I do, you know, I love Evil Dead. Evil Dead is a great movie. I I even liked Evil Dead too. Army of Darkness, however, Zayford, I haven't got a clue why Stop. that's one. Why that's one of Stop. your favorites. Um, but you know, see, I'm the opposite on that one. Go on. I- I like like I like Evil Dead, but I've always been more fond of Army of Darkness for whatever reason. Thank you. What is this? Why do people <laughs> like this so much? I don't know. Army of Darkness is so ridiculous that it's great. <laughs> it's it really so is. Cheesy. It really is. It's so cheesy. Like, what is the what is? It's the... supposed to be cheesy. Yeah, but why? Why would you enjoy that so much? I just don't get it. Go rewatch it. It's just it's just great. I'm like Bruce Campbell, oh. ridiculous. I can't help but enjoy it. <laughs> and also Bruce Campbell. That's all yeah. we need to be saying. It's Ash. It's Ash, and and whatever time he's sent to, and so it's just thirteen hundreds like, or something stupid. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> you're, you're even like thirteen hundreds or something stupid like that because it is kind of stupid, but whatever. No, it's it's a great film. I don't know. Just um, wait until we cover it on on podcasts. Oh come on. <laughs> Are you gonna make me cover that like in amongst like six and seven when everything's gone like really tits up for us mentally? Well, yeah, when we get to like the really dark stuff that we're covering, we'll put like a fun one in there, and it'll have to be Armored Darkness. Do you know much about the disturbing iceberg peak? No, I don't. Um, how much of a how much of a fan are you for generally disturbing movies? Uh, I I definitely have my own limits. Um, I I I mean I'm not a fan of like body horror, um, um, torture porn, or torture torture was it torture porn they call it? Is yeah, that yeah. genre. Um, I mean I've watched them. You know I'll initially watch movies like that the first time just to see what it's about. But um, you know I'm more on the psychological, uh, paranormal slasher subgenre of horror. Hmm. What would you say is the most um disturbing film you've seen most disturbing film i've seen Mm. oh boy um there was a found footage movie i saw once that was really hard i don't know if it's because i have daughters (laughs) is it megan is missing yes megan (gasps) is missing holy 
Yeah. It comes back Holy every time. Shit. That movie <laughs> terrified the hell out of me. Yeah. Yeah, it, I understand. Yeah. That is that is that might be the most disturbing movie I've ever seen. Do you want to and know I don't... something, Pete? We have so we've covered Megan is missing before we started the disturbing iceberg. Guess what tier Megan is missing is on out of What's one that? to seven. What? Just take a guess where you think it might be, because obviously le- level one is like not really that bad, and level seven is like depraved to the point. Of the uh, we'll say level five. It's literally level one. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And we we can't believe it either because yeah, apparently it's on the same level as Sol. Yeah, and seven. Oh my goodness! Seven was on that two, wasn't it? So disturbing. No, seven was oh. one. Oh gosh. Yeah. Because it was like it was. I think yeah, I I discovered it during the pandemic. There was like this. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, I, I I heard about like this fad on. T- now I I don't have TikTok, but I know people mm. like kids were discovering it, mm. and I was just like, what is what is this? And I watched it, and I fa- I found it, and I watched it, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is, this is nuts. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I. That uh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's that last twenty. It's that last twenty minutes. It's just oh, like nah, gosh. nah. No, it's the whole thing. You know, it's it's the cut to um, you know, where where it says like these pictures were found on a it on a website somewhere, and then like there's mm-hmm. no fucking warning for that really. Obviously, the direct director has gone on to say that if when you see that, like brace yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but those images they still frighten me to this day. Like I have that image of that poor girl, like in in the table, like uh, it burned yeah. into my fucking head. Like to the, I remember when I saw that movie, and um, it was probably um just before you did, so just before the pandemic, like really went full throttle. Mm-hmm. And I just I literally sat and watched it on my own in the dark, late at night. Um, on my big 65 inch screen and I just <laughs> I was literally just sat watching this movie and I was like geez these teenagers are fucking horrible to each other geez geez yeah. and like it was kind of gross and like I didn't I didn't like what was going you know it was uncomfortable but mm-hmm. there, and then there was just you know there was just like this unease that was gradually getting into getting to me through the movie and I remember like reading YouTube comments just saying like it's so boring I turned it off after 40 minutes whatever and I thought no I'm going to persevere with this because there is a growing uncomfortability here and there is something to work with And, and obviously being a huge fan of the found footage genre I persevered and sure enough it it fucking escalated from like a three to a <laughs> 20,000 million and yeah. I just I, when I saw that picture I lit it literally so I don't know if you know this but like one of like the most primal instincts of us like as as like mammals is like we're afraid of like sharp teeth and big eyes that usually infers a predator mm-hmm. and obviously this woman I mean this girl she had her mouth like prized open and oh, her, and her God. eyes prized open and i just have this huge fear of huge eyes i don't know where it came from but it mm-hmm. just bah, came up on the screen and i was like oh you know and even when i searched that image like even when um i think about that image it just makes my heart race you know so i i totally understand why you think that's the most disturbing because yeah it's fucking horrible and i can't believe that it's only on tier one because it's just it de- it deserves to be so much lower down i i don't understand it personally um Katie, do you know how early we did that film 
I think it was it was within the first ten episodes, wasn't it? It was episode six. Yeah. We we got to that real early. Yeah. I I mean I felt it was I felt like it was important to talk about Megan is missing mainly because it was at the time we did it like it was really only just getting attention and um I couldn't believe how much of like a niche film it was because like it had been didn't it come out in like 2011 uh and 2013 it, yeah yeah and I had to buy the DVD for it by the way and I felt like I was owning snuff in my house like it's literally <laughs> lived in my bread bin ever since because I can't I'm just like Zayford says I'm going to be put on some kind of list when we, you know, because most of these movies, they're not available to stream because yeah. they're awful. <laughs> um, Megan is missing. I had to, I mean, it's on YouTube. You can watch the whole thing on YouTube. But we, mm-hmm. we were doing this thing at the beginning of our podcast where we would try and take DVDs or Blu-rays with each episode, with each episode that we did of the movies. And uh, yeah, I ended up with a picture, a, a copy of Megan is missing and I hate my life. <laughs> but yeah uh, yeah um meg yeah i definitely think that's the most disturbing. i don't know zayford what is your most disturbing movie it probably is the same because like even when, when we've been going through the list i'm like half these are not that disturbing mm. but i think megan is missing is the one that for a change we actually spoke about for a full episode mm. and was the one that was like actually got to me and affected me i think partly because i also have a daughter mm. so it's like I, I don't need that shit in my life <laughs> well, it, you know it shows so many different things you know it's not just you, you know it's obviously disturbing because of the girl getting abducted and what happens to her but it's also i think it's also too like showing like teenagers you know yeah. like to me that was that was really horrifying as well um how they like you said katie how they treat each other like it was just mm. like that was that was unsettling to watch mm. yeah it was super gross well pete thank you for joining us we really appreciate you being here yeah and, uh, of course. giving your nice nice little perspective on things you've definitely made me made me want to watch a few more of them and get more into it yeah um thank you for having me i i enjoyed chatting with you and talking to you about um all things horror I, I love horror movies so anytime <laughs> i get a chance to to wax poetic about horror i'm I'm up for it do yeah. you want to plug yourself before we yes please do. uh sure you can find um our uh halloween uh never dies podcast on apple itunes i believe we're on spotify as well um we'll be recording our review halloween and soon um you can find me um at pacing pete on instagram you can find um our podcast uh halloween never dies on, on instagram as well um and yeah thank you for for uh for inviting me on i enjoyed it and um yeah thanks again guys no worries so next week Zayford, what are we doing is it a raise ahead is that what's happening yes i think yes well the dvd arrived today and i'm gonna be watching it after we get off this so yeah i guess then i guess that's what i'm watching Zayford and i have never met each other in person so on Saturday, we're going to meet each other for the first time. So that's going to be kind of exciting. Yeah, super looking forward to it. <laughs> Shut up. I, I'm like, I'm I'm actually nicer in person, Zayford. I just had a really bad day today. But yeah, um, we will be doing that next week. So looking forward to doing that. And uh, yeah, we will see you soon. Bye. Bye.